next Friday is our 33rd wedding anniversary. Hallelujah. Um, we're going to celebrate by having a miracle meeting. Hallelujah. Which is going to be, we're also going to go away in February for a few nights, which will be lovely as well. But I, I do want to encourage you. Posture your hearts in expectation that the Holy Spirit's going to do something tonight. And that as you um, prepare also for next Friday, you know, we really appreciate it when people actually give themselves to preparing to receive, uh, to receive from the Lord. Often we find that when people come to a miracle meeting and they've um, maybe fasted and prayed a few meals and been reading miracle testimonies or been feeding on uh, really good faith building things, feeding on the word of God, uh, they come and the Holy Spirit touches them before we can even get a word of knowledge out, before we can even pray for them. And, and we've seen it happen uh, again and again and really believing for the Holy Spirit to touch and do significant signs and wonders and miracles. So get the word out. If you're looking for something good to read, look, there's some great books that will really encourage you. There's all my books with testimonies of the miracles scattered throughout. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate that. Living in the Miraculous. It's an oldie but a goodie. Hallelujah. Um, but there's also some excellent books. Who likes to read? Some great stuff. Look, if you haven't read T.L. Osborne's Heal the Sick, that'll really give you a faith boost or um, Charles Price, The Real Faith. I think Bill Johnson's just done an annotated version where he's put his notes in on Charles Price's work there. So that's, that'll be a good one too. I haven't read that yet, but I've read The Real Faith, but I haven't read the Bill's notes on The Real Faith. Um, but all of these good um, faith-building um, healing testimonies will really help you posture your heart to receive or to help others uh, be built up in faith, to know and understand the will of God. You know, it's the will of God that we all walk in freedom, freedom from sin, freedom from sickness, freedom from oppression and depression, oppression from addiction. He wants us to walk free. And we can see that really clearly laid out in the Word of God, that the will of God, F.F. F. Bosworth used to say, faith begins where the will of God is known. There's another good book, Christ the Healer, F.F. F. Bosworth. Um, but as we begin to understand the will of God to heal, then we can start to rise up and put our faith not on a, an experience or an encounter, but on what Jesus Christ has already done and watch him manifest his glory and his power based on our faith in the truth of what the word of God reveals that he has already done for us. Hallelujah. So, yes, be encouraged. And uh, feed on the faithfulness of God, for He is faithful. Hallelujah. Praise God. I was so encouraged by your prophetic word tonight, Pastor Barry, that um, it was just speaking to what the, the Lord is saying right now. And as I've been leaning in to listen to what the Lord's been saying, I was so encouraged because that was basically a summary of the word that I felt to bring tonight. Are you happy?
Praise God. Well, he's got good things in store for you. I hope you've been um, managing to stay out of the heat. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord for air conditioning. When I was a child, nobody's home was air conditioned hardly. You know, we lived with open windows and fans in the olden days. Hallelujah. Sorry, Pastor Barry and Joan, I think you still have it presently. No air conditioning. Lord, help them. I don't know how I survived now that we have air conditioning. But um, praise God, we can celebrate that during these summer seasons, it's often a time for us to be have a little bit of a rest um, and, and an opportunity to reassess and think about our, our world, our lives, our walks with God. And so we're going to talk a little bit about some of the things the Holy Spirit wants to help you with today. Father, we thank you for your word. And Lord, I ask that you'd give us ears to hear, oh God, and that you would do a work in our hearts. Lord, I know it's your desire to revive and refresh and strengthen, encourage, Lord, to give direction. Father, I ask that you'd speak to us by your spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen. Hallelujah. Well, you can open your Bibles, if you like, to the book of Colossians. We'll have a look at Colossians chapter 2. I've been working my way through really slowly uh, First Kings at the moment and reading about the life of Solomon. And as Solomon, as a young man on the throne, came before the Lord and said, Lord, I'm just like a child. I, I need wisdom to know how to govern. I need your help to rule as king. Give me wisdom. And the Lord spoke to him in a dream. And he was so pleased with Solomon's request. He said, you've asked me for wisdom to administer justice. So I'm not only going to give you wisdom, but I'm going to give you riches and wealth and, uh, and peace. And we see then the wisdom that Solomon walked in was so extraordinary. People would come from all over the world to sit and listen to Solomon's wisdom. It says that Solomon, he had wisdom and knowledge. He, he was able to, to talk about animals and trees and birds. He had knowledge from God, the wisest man who ever lived because it was the gift of God, wisdom. And this wisdom was given to Solomon in the time when Solomon's reign was, was completely, he was at peace. The, the whole kingdom was at peace. There was no war going on and he was living in peacetime and operating in wisdom. And I found that often when we're in a time of rest, where we're not in crisis and battle and war, uh, but we're actually at rest, we have space to think lofty thoughts, God thoughts. We're able, we have time to think creative thoughts. I notice when Tom, um, at, he's at home and we're not in a season of, of travel, he's, he starts to get creative and I find he's down the back creating a rainforest or creating a garden or, or making something. I say, what are you making? He'll say, you'll see. And I'm like, oh, this will be interesting. Hallelujah. And he comes up with creative ideas when he's got a bit of space. 
And I found that myself, that when I've got a bit of space, I can start thinking creative thoughts. But you know, God's heart for us is that you and I would live in peace. I've discovered that when, I, when you study wisdom in the Bible, it is intimately connected with a heart that is at peace. Wisdom and peace go together. And I love how the, the Lord speaks to the disciples in the book of John, John 14. He says, peace I leave with you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither be afraid. He gives this magnificent gift of peace to the disciples who are about to walk into a season of great tribulation and difficulty and persecution and confusion as Jesus is about to be crucified. And Jesus gives them this gift. He says, my peace I give to you. You know, peace is not about everything being right on the outside, be there no, being no dramas or no crises. Peace is a person and his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. And in him, we have this invitation to come into the place of living in peace, supernatural peace, peace that passes understanding, peace that doesn't make logical sense, but peace that is solid on the inside. In Isaiah, I'm going to get to this Colossians verse in a minute, but in, in Isaiah 32 verse 17, we read, the fruit of righteousness will be peace and the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. There's this <sighs> glorious peace available to those who know they've been reconciled to God, to those who know they've been forgiven, to those who know that no matter what happens, I get to live in heaven forever with my Father. Yay, live or die, I win because he has rescued me and he has given me eternal life. Hallelujah, that he's gone to prepare a place for me. I have this glorious assurance that having repented of my sin, he is faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I don't have to be afraid of being ashamed. I don't have to be afraid of being judged because he took my judgment. He took the penalty. He took the punishment. And I have been set free and given the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, which has made me the righteousness of God in Christ that I have been given the privilege of being joined to him, part of his body. He's in me and I'm in him. The one who is perfectly holy lives on the inside of me and I live on the inside of him. And he calls me perfectly holy and perfectly righteous, not by my works, but by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his blood, because of his sacrifice, I have been made clean. I haven't just been covered. I've actually been redeemed and renewed and given a clean heart. <sighs> and the fruit of actually believing that is peace. 
it is quietness and assurance where it's like, I, I don't have to be concerned. Like, what can man do to me? It really doesn't matter. This life is like a breath compared to all of eternity where I am already seated with him in heavenly places. Hallelujah. I don't have to be afraid of my future because this is what my future is. I get to live in heaven forever where there is no trouble, there is no lack, there is no, there is no tear, there is no pain. Huh? Yay. That's a good future. So you don't have to be afraid of your future either if you are in Christ. Hallelujah. So this beautiful, I love that verse, the fruit of righteousness will be peace and the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. Hallelujah. But let's have a look at this verse in Colossians chapter 2. It says here, um, and we'll read from verse 3, it's speaking of of the mystery of God, speaking of Christ, the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Emily was reading this verse this morning. We come out in the morning and we ask each other what we're all reading. And it was so interesting. I'm reading about the wisdom of Solomon and she's reading in Colossians about all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in him. They are in him. And you and I are in him. Hallelujah. And he's in us. It's a glorious thing. You and I have been made one with him. Christ in me, the hope of glory, is not just a saying, but something he wants you to understand. Paul prays in Ephesians chapter 3 that you would be strengthened with might in your inner being by his spirit so that you would be able to comprehend Christ dwelling in your heart through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend the love of God that passes knowledge, the height, the depth, the width, the breadth. It's not just the, the love of God that needs to be comprehended by his spirit the power of his spirit giving you strength. It's this revelation of Christ in you. Christ dwelling in your heart through faith, thinking about what that is. Christ who is my peace lives inside of me. And from this place of peace, God wants me to experientially lean into it and, and experience the reality of peace in my everyday life. Because in this place of peace, I can start to think God thoughts. I can start to dream God dreams. I can start to think, the, the, have food for thought, as Barry prophesied. I start to have really good God ideas. When you're in a place where you're in constant survival mode, in battle mode, and you're, you're constantly just in a, in a warfare, in a, in a battle, and you're always going from crisis to crisis, you actually don't have time to think lofty thoughts. You don't have time to think great thoughts of increase and more of what God wants to do and the promises of God and exploring what's in God's mind, what's God thinking. You're just in survival mode. But God never created us to live in survival mode. He called us to live above the storm, above all the circumstances. 
Like an eagle, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not faint. I went out for a walk the other day. And I, I, I have my prayer time in the morning with the Lord. I love to every day come before the Lord. I bring my people, my issues, my life, and I put it on the altar, knowing that every time someone in Scripture built an altar and brought things to the Lord, the Lord responded with blessing. And so I bring it all to the Lord and believe in faith. He's going to respond in blessing. I wage war with the prophetic words spoken over me. I make my prayers and requests with thanksgiving, and I pray, and I read the Bible. The Bible will nourish you. It'll help you. It'll feed you. It'll encourage you. Read it. Read it. Listen to it. Read it. Feed on the faithfulness of God. Let Him nourish you with the Word of God. But then, you know, I like to then in the afternoons, if I can, get out when the birds are starting to sing and the the cool of the evening. And I get outside and I walk and I talk with the Lord. Just like Adam and Eve did in the cool of the evening. God still walks and talks with people. Hallelujah. And I was out walking the other day and, and just talking with the Lord and just worshipping Him and enjoying His presence, being aware of His presence. There's something beautiful when you've gone beyond the, the needs and the requests, which we always have and He always wants us to bring to Him. But then to be able to just take time to enjoy his company. And I was talking with him and I saw a rainbow in the sky. And I was like, oh God, that's lovely. It was only there momentarily. It was like it was just there for me. And I remembered uh, the full circle rainbow that I'd seen not so long ago from up in the aeroplane. Because if you're above the, the horizon line, you get to see that rainbows are not just half arcs, they're actually full circles. We just can't see it when we're on the earth because it's cut off by the horizon. But sometimes if you're really high at a high altitude, you can see the full circle. And the Lord had spoken to me about this full circle rainbow, reminding me that the rainbow is a picture of promise and that he has us surrounded. We're completely surrounded by his promises. And so I saw the rainbow and I was like, oh, yes, God, thank you. I'm surrounded by your promises. You've got me covered. I don't have to be afraid of anything. And that was beautiful. And then I was listening and talking with the Lord and I felt him, I could feel and hear that familiar kind voice. And it's the sound of his voice. So the Bible talks about the sound of his voice being like many waters. Well, for me, the sound of his voice just resonates in my heart and brings instant refreshing. That, oh, 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 wow. I'm not just hearing you speak to me through the word. I'm hearing you speak. I'm hearing your voice resonate on the inside of my heart. Anybody know what that sounds like? It's a beautiful thing. And I began to hear him speak and, and provoke me and into, what would you like to believe for this year? What do you want to see happen this year? And he was provoking me to start remembering the promises, the dreams that he'd put in my heart from long ago. And I began to think, yes, Lord, oh God, yes, I want to see this and oh, I want to see that. And, you know, I discovered afresh 
that the, the lofty thoughts, the, the high thoughts, the thoughts that come from his throne come in a time when we are at rest, when we are in peace. Psalm 131 says, Lord, my heart is not haughty nor my eyes lofty, neither will I trouble myself with weighty matters or things too great for me. Surely like a weaned child, I've calmed and quieted my soul. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. Hope in God, Israel. And I love that little psalm because what it's saying is when you find yourself getting all caught up with stuff you can't understand and you're stressing out about trying to find issues and trying to find solutions to problems and you, you can't think straight because you got all worked up trying to work out why God, why, when God, when, how God, how. The psalmist says, surely I've calmed and quieted my soul. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. And it's like a picture of a, a child that can sit on a mother's lap without the need to have something, but I can just sit here and receive comfort. I can just sit here and feel safe. Hallelujah. I love it when my grandsons, I get to hold my grandson and he puts his head down and has a cuddle. I'm like, oh, he's lovely. And this is what God wants for us, to recognize, hey, come here, just put your head on my chest. Let's have a cuddle. And in that place, the psalmist suddenly says, Hope in God, everybody. Because he is renewed, he is refreshed in the place of rest in him. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, the scripture says. But if you have a look at that little word through there, the, in, in the Strongs, you'll see it means positioned at rest. I can do all things positioned at rest in him. Hallelujah. Because in him, suddenly my strength is restored. Suddenly my hope gets rebirthed. Hallelujah. And that it's from that place that the anointing flows. You see, God is looking to move in great power. He wants to give you the mind of Christ. He wants you to move in great wisdom. He wants to download thoughts from the throne, strategies, ideas you haven't had before. He wants to move through you in power to heal the sick. But all of that power flows from the place of intimacy and rest. Hallelujah. Think about Jesus in the boat when the storm was going on. What was he doing while they were all freaking out? He was at rest. And there's a storm going on. So they wake him up and he goes, they say, don't you care that we're dying? And Jesus goes, oh, oh. Be still. And what he has on the inside, he releases on the outside. And for me, that's such a perfect picture of what you and I are called to do. As we come into that place of rest, God wants to release that power through us that comes from being at rest in him. You know, sometimes I get um, so busy that I, I get a bit, Frazzled, 
Anybody ever get frazzled when you feel like you've got too many things on? <laughs> Sometimes I, found, I would find, especially when I was a, a young bride and we'd be having someone come over for dinner or something, I'd be like, not very fun to be with before they arrived. Because I'm ordering everybody around, pick that up, do that, do that. Because I, I was frazzled. So after a while, I realized I'm not fun to be with when I'm in this state. So I would take a couple of minutes and I'd close my bedroom door and get on the floor just for a couple of minutes and go back to the place of rest. Okay. Where are you? There you are. Oh, hello. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I remember. <sighs> and they come out and are much more fun to be with. There's still the things that need to be done, but the things that get done can be done from a place of, of peace and joy. Hallelujah. And there is much more accomplished from the place of peace and joy than there is from the place of stress and frazzle. And I still do that when I'm going from meeting to meeting. I'll often take a moment and just close the door and get on the floor. <sighs> I love you, Lord. And it's not even a quick, tell me what to do. It's a, <sighs> I just need a minute. There you are. Ah. Uh... Because in his light, I see light. I come back to the perspective of heaven that nothing matters. I get to live forever in heaven. So whatever it is we have to deal with right now, it's small fry. It doesn't matter how big it might seem on the earth from heaven's perspective. It's like, I have everything I need, the mind of Christ, the wisdom of Christ to deal with everything that comes my way. I can draw from the one in whom I live and move and have my being and believe and expect that out of my belly will flow rivers of living water. I had a meeting recently where, that was coming up and for a few days I was like, oh, why am I even having to have this meeting? Oh, this isn't my problem. This is somebody else's problem. Oh, no, no. And I'm like, oh, and I'm thinking about it as I'm going to sleep and thinking, oh, they should do this. And oh, no, no, no. What am I going to say? I don't even want to have to say anything to them. Oh, no, no, no. And, and working myself up. Have you, have you ever done that? You're just working out. Oh, Until finally I resigned to myself to the reality, I can't cancel it. So coming a long way, so I'll just have to do this meeting. So that morning I went, thank you, Father. You give me everything I need for everything you asked me to do. <sighs> Let me look at you. Ah, there you are. Ah, oh, I love you. Yes, Lord. Thank you. It's a privilege. It's a privilege to serve you. It's a privilege. And I, th I thank you, Lord. I ask for wisdom. I thank you for wisdom. I still didn't know what I was going to say. Man alive. When they arrived and we started, I listened. I opened my mouth and I thought I was impressed with myself. And that was a brilliant answer. What a brilliant solution. I told Emily afterwards, I was really good. I had a brilliant solution to that problem. But I knew, of course, and I told her as well, but that was not something that I had. It certainly didn't come from my head. It came from the wisdom of heaven when I got into a place of peace, 
when I got into the place of, hey, stop being Catherine and start recognizing it's no longer Catherine who lives, but Christ who lives in Catherine. And he is our peace. He is peace. He is wisdom. He is joy. Hallelujah. And he has everything pertaining to life and godliness. In him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now Solomon, it says, no man had ever lived like, had ever had the wisdom he had, and no man after him would ever have it. And, and that, you know, that we can read that and go, well, good for Solomon. But you and I have been invited into something even greater than the wisdom Solomon was given. You and I have been invited into God himself who gave Solomon wisdom. You and I have been given the mind of Christ. And as we read this, in whom is hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, that should read like a dinner bell for you. You go, hang on, let me read this again. Where is it hidden? In the Father and Christ. Ooh. That means I have access to it. And that access comes when I come and lean my head on his breast, when I remind myself my life is hidden with him, where all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden. I'm hidden there too. And all I need to do is humble myself, ask for wisdom, ask for help, lean into him, worship him, adore him, and the heavenly thoughts will start to flow. The creative ideas, the wisdom from heaven will start to flow. I've had times I just get on the floor without an agenda and I just worship him and say, Lord, I want to fellowship with you as the spirit of wisdom. And wow, some of the ideas that suddenly pop into my head about things I hadn't even thought about, great ideas for the church that are not just good ideas, but really fruitful God ideas suddenly get burst. Things I'm not even looking for that are just being hidden there waiting for me to make room to receive. And then I find as I take time to walk with the Lord, to talk with the Lord, to enjoy his presence, I find as he begins to speak and provoke me to think God thoughts, to start dreaming God-sized dreams, to start thinking God-sized thoughts, that he also then gives the capacity to me to increase more, to increase my capacity even more. To him who has more will be given. So I really believe that the Holy Spirit is calling every one of us in this season into a place of supernatural rest, where we learn what it looks like to live in peace. It's a strange word to give when you consider that the world right now is shaking with all sorts of war and, and rumors of war and uh, tremulous uh, critical situations in the Middle East, in the Red Sea, and in Asia, and in Europe. We could look at the world and go, no, ah, it's all scary and terrible. This, you shouldn't be talking about peace. You should be talking about war. And yes, you and I are called to go to war. But we war not from a place of crisis and drama. We war from the place of, I'm seated in heavenly places with the one 
who looks at them all and laughs. He who sits in the heavens laughs. I'm seated with him. And you know, when someone has a really good laugh, it's pretty hard not to laugh with them. God wants to give you a heavenly perspective in every situation, in your work situations, in your study situations, in your um, family situations, in relational situations. There is an anointing ready to flow through you with heavenly wisdom, heavenly peace that can transform the people around you, transform the atmosphere around you. He can give you the grace, the anointing, the, the blessing of being a peacemaker in situations where you've thought, how on earth could that, how could peace come in that situation? God will give you heavenly wisdom. God will give you the anointing to release heaven on earth, the atmosphere of heaven that's on the inside of you that you've been meditating on, thinking about and release it through the phone, through the conversation, through everything that you're doing. This is the will of God for you and I. Peace is not just some nice idea. It's the key to operating in wisdom, anointing and power. It's the key to seeing the power of God flow through us and it comes from a place of rest. You'll see me sometimes as I go down the line praying for people, praying for healing. You'll see sometimes, if you've, if you've ever had the chance to sort of watch what's going on, you'll see sometimes you can see there's a wave that comes and it's like boom, 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 boom. And then I'll, I'll hit something and I'll feel like it's, it's not flowing. So I'll step back and I'll look up again. And remember, oh, it's not me doing this. It's not my power. Oh, there he is. Yet, and there we go again, and it starts to flow again. It's like this beautiful dance with the Lord. I don't want to get ahead of him. I don't want to step on his toes. I, want, I don't want to take the lead. I want to be led by him, guided by his eye. I want to be in him, working with him, letting him flow through me, moving and um, ministering through my life. And I know that in every situation, God wants that for you. You're more fun to be with when you're in a place of rest. Hallelujah. You're going to bless your family more if you learn what it looks like to live in rest, even when there's a swirl around you, when there's noise and, and everybody's coming at you with a thousand different things instead of going, I've had enough of this. You can smile. Take a deep breath, look up, and then just disarm everybody with the peace of God. It's so powerful. They tell you, sociologists will tell you that if someone is, is yelling at you, if you, if you actually intentionally lower your voice and, and speak more softly, you start, to dis, you start to reverse the tone of the conversation. Rather than responding in and escalating the situation, if you go quieter. And it's just a, a natural picture of what happens when we learn what it looks like to live and minister from a place of peace. The Spirit of God through us wants you to walk in full assurance of confidence and power in the Holy Ghost that comes from living with this 
glorious knowledge. I am so highly favoured. I've been given eternal life. So hey, whatever we got to deal with today, it doesn't matter because I have everything I need to deal with everything that comes my way in Him. In Him, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. They're not just memory verses. It's practical, real invitations for genuine Christian living. Hallelujah. This is what life is meant to look like. Life and life more abundant. Free, hallelujah. Not bound or controlled by anyone, anything, or any emotional situation or circumstance. But actually drinking from the river of God's pleasure, His love for us. Amen. So, Father, we thank you for your word. Speak to us, encourage us, remind us of it, and help us to practice it in Jesus' name. I'm going to pray for a few people. And um, so I'm going to ask Abby and uh, maybe Josh and Janelle, if you're here. Um, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Emily, can you come? Hey, by the way, I need more people to do the words. If you would like to do the words on the computer, it's not very hard. They will train you. Emily does it about all the time. Hallelujah. Not, not true. Actually, we've got, some, we've got two or three magnificent people. But we would love to have four or five or six. So if you would be interested in helping us, we would love that. Hallelujah. Emily, I just gave it a plug. She didn't ask me to, but I'd like to have her free more often. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Loretta, can you come and give us a hand too? That would be wonderful. Thank you, Papa. Is that word speaking to anybody tonight? You know, it's not just good words. It's actually tangible. There's an anointing. There is peace that's like oil that can cover you. That's, that's That's so real that it can be released through you. Hallelujah. That it can help govern your thoughts. That can cause you to walk in a new level of supernatural authority, supernatural peace. Papa, we say thank you. Thank you for your grace.